Welcome to Fort Ram and Goal, where shitty games don't get remembered, but legends never die. Welcome to Fort Ram and Goal. I'm your host, Kurt, and I've got my co-host, Dick here. What's up, Drammers? Joining you in your man cave again, once again, to talk whiskey, talk sports, grab a glass, fill it up, take a listen. Let's get into this. Uh, we want to talk about our two passions, as we've said before in every episode. Whiskey. Everyday man whiskey. Special whiskey. Delicious whiskey. Whiskey whiskey. That's what we do. That's what we're here for. Uh, today, obviously, is a big day. It is the Monday after our Super Bowl that we had last night, so that's going to be a big portion of the show today. And uh, we're also going to get into some whiskey. We're going to talk five whiskeys that you need to have in your bar, your cabinet, your garage, your hidden dresser from your wife, things like that. Dick, say what's up to the drammers and uh, lay out the socials. Hey, appreciate the introduction, Kurt. And you might be asking yourself, why are we talking about five whiskeys you need to have in your bar? Well, Why the fuck are we? It's because it's the death of the football season as we know it. We finally got through this one, and we're going to need something to tide us over through the rest of the year until August. So we're going to tell you what you got to keep in rotation. But to Kurt's point, I'm going to hit you with a couple administrative things, guys. I know you're already listening to us. We appreciate you and our loyal, loyal fan base. Um, please remember to visit us up on our website. It's uh, fourthramandgoal.com. We've also got our Instagram and Twitter, uh, fourthram. We recently hit 150 followers, which is a huge milestone for us. Shout out to everybody following us. We really appreciate your support. And don't be afraid to rank and review us on your favorite podcast streaming service, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, Spotify, Overcast, or CastBox. And then ultimately, tell your friends about us. We want to grow the show. Word of mouth is still the best way to get people to listen to us. So whether you think we're a bunch of two goofy bastards who don't know what the fuck we're talking about and make you laugh every Most once likely. in a while, yeah. or you, you really worship the ground we walk on, probably unlikely, tell people about us. We, we can take the criticism, we can take the heat, we can take the feedback. And I need to mention this. Because if you do listen to us, okay, maybe if you don't listen to us, but if you at least like something on our Instagram, you are joining a very special crowd that now includes a four-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. And I'm getting chills just saying that. Who are we talking about? We are talking about the Terry freaking Bradshaw. TFB. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. If you go to our Instagram, you'll notice on a certain picture a couple days ago that my boy Dick here posted after his wonderful bottle kill of the Bradshaw bourbon that the man, the myth, the legend, Terry Bradshaw liked it. That's it. I can retire. I'm done. Walking off the stage. We hit our goals. We hit our 401k max out. We're done. That was pretty awesome, though. It was. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I texted Kurt. I was like, holy fucking shit. Terry Bradshaw liked our photo. And he's like, I have a boner now. So we are, it was great. We're, we're best friends. Me and Terry Bradshaw are best friends. <laughs> Two best friends that anyone could have. I've interacted more with Terry Bradshaw than you have. I can say that. I can officially say that. Anyway, so that was special. Moving on. All right. We've got the... We've... I won't say... 
I won't say controversial. I'll say the thing right now. The in thing. The can I get my hands on it? I may not know anything about it, but I've heard about it. And but I it's not even allocated. It. It's it's the hype. It's the hi- not. The hype. But the hype is driving this thing into the corners of the universe, and you can't find it anymore. And it's American, damn it. That's what it is. Mm. Yeah, nothing more American than this bottle. We've got the one, the only, the 10-year-old, the Buffalo Trace product, Eagle, rare, bourbon. Amen to that, man. I think this is the the 20-year, right? This is the 20-year that costs like $24,000 a bottle or something like that? That is not the case. Oh, not have my bad. That. Yeah. We have the 10-year-old. That I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen on a shelf in about two months. And I'm also not going to lie. I have had three bottles in the last six months. One my friend bought for me online and had it shipped to my house. Another one I only what picked. What was the name of that website? I don't remember was it which the it was. The one that was posted on the Streaker's chest last night during the Super Bowl? I don't, I don't think it was that one. I think it was the one huh. that was tattooed on his ass. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know Fluffy if you caught guys. the little moon show there, but it was pretty nice. Got it. I we'll was get, not looking at his ass, but continue. We'll get into that. And then the other one I only picked up at a uh, Twin Liquors when I went to go get that old Forester for you. Um, they had a essentially a sale, and they had ten sitting on the shelf. Grabbed one and grabbed a single barrel, small boy. And then the last one I actually picked up at Specs, based off a tip my buddy gave me. I did notice that that um, my local. Facebook bourbon pages were blowing up with the Eagle Rare. Apparently, they did get a shipment in recently. But, you know, of course, by the time I get out of work, yeah, gone. I am blessed from the standpoint that if I need to take a two o'clock lunch break, I can go to grab one. So it's always nice. Must be nice in the porn industry. All right. Well, we, uh, we slang it over here. So, yep. That's in our glass. I'm interested. I don't. I've told you this. I've had Eagle Rare on occasion. I have not had it enough recently to give you a lot of feedback on it. So I'm interested in tonight's episode. Um, it's been a very long time. So this is this could be a pretty good review. Unlike you, who probably has a very good idea of what you think of this bottle already. I, I drink Eagle Rare regularly. It is one of those that if I see it, I grab it. Um, if I have five at the house, I still grab one because. This, for me, is one of those that I typically don't drink the first bottle until I have a backup to my backup. You just be sure that you put in a sweet throughout the show occasionally for me, all right? Listen, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. If you can find a falcon or something, we'll settle for that. We are bougie over here. Bad and bougie. All right, so we're drinking some Eagle Rare. Um... No better way, I think, really to, to celebrate the Americana that is the Super Bowl. And I think that is a very good segue into our headlines and our, our second dram as we pour that. Um, the uh, the Chiefs, I mean, yeah, no, the, the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl. I think we both did not see that coming. Um, I did. Fuck that. Uh, you fucking picked the Chiefs. Yeah, I know, but that was the last episode. So. <laughs> oh, Captain, Captain Hindsight. Right kickoff. No, that is, that's what happened. If you told me the Chiefs were going to lose, I would say, okay, I, I, I would be okay with that. If you told me the Chiefs were going to score nine points, no touchdowns, that I would have a hard time believing. 
but it happened. Everybody in America would have. I don't think anybody saw that coming, except for Mattress Mac. Oh, shit. He makes things exciting around here. What did he Houston. drop? $4.3 million on that game? It's town. Hold it down, baby. Uh, 3.2, I believe. But that wasn't the cool part. Did you hear about the sale that was going on here in Houston? This is what he did. If you bought a $3,000 Tempur-Pedic mattress and the Buccaneers won, it was free. That happened. Yes. That's why he had to bet all that money. (laughs) And it was genius because... He's got got to cover my losses here. (laughs) Right. Chiefs win. He's, you know, people are going to buy a shitload of mattresses. He's pretty good probably. Yeah. Tampa wins. He paid for everybody's mattress, but he's probably still sitting pretty right now. Mattress Mac is a hell of a guy. Like, if you're in the Houston area and you don't know who he is, learn about it. Hurricane Harvey, people were, he, he opened up his, when Joel Olstein wouldn't let people in the church, he opened up his mattress warehouse and people were able to sleep and lay on brand new mattresses and he paid for all of them. Like, he was a hell of a guy. I have to I have to check the Joel Olstein correlation. I don't know if that was because of that. I think he was doing that regardless, but I don't know. No, no, that it wasn't. Right. It wasn't. But Joel Joel to for the point, like Joel Osteen, who is a minister, would not open his doors to he let just, refugees just, in. Jerome Bettis bust his ass, just threw him right under that for no reason. But anyway, yes, that was a I'm just stating facts. I, I'm just Whoa. stating facts here. <laughs> um Mattress Mac is a hell of a dude and always has been. He he holds it down in Houston. Yes. Um but I haven't seen it yet. I think it's Vice. I think Vice has a documentary on him. Oh shit! I don't know right. if it's one. I don't know if it's like a full-on episode or if it's one of those like it may be one of those just quick internet segments that they Still, do like on their Facebook. Still, he's a I mattress salesman it. from Houston. The fact that he made it on there's amazing. Yes, and I, I want to watch it. Um, All right, that's homework for there's us. A, there's a lot of things on Vice from Houston. You've, you've got, of course, the rappers. They have a, I think they have a series on the guy who does the grills out here. Is it called Chopped and Screwed? It should be. Anyway, <laughs> gotta throw love to the H since there's not a lot, of, not a love, <laughs> since there's not a lot of love going on right now with the whole Deshaun Watson and sports meltdown. But anyway, let's not drink that much now. Back to the game at hand. I'll give you before we go. I'll give you a little bit of a solace. Um, I was talking to my wife and I was like, hey, I was talking to Kurt um, in one of our episodes and we were talking about, you know, possibly becoming Houston fans. And my wife looked at me and she goes, okay. And I was like, oh, okay, we're just Texan fans now. And she's like, yeah, I have no love to the Cowboys. So, okay. And I was like, all right, that's done. Well, I don't know if either franchises are going to be having much to cheer about. Um, it's okay. We can suffer together. That, that Dak thing is something that we're eventually going to have to talk about. But we won't today because, like I said, there's a big game. Okay, so let's get past. Last night. But we'll talk about the game in more depth here. Just let's 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 go to the next subject. We have a whole segment dedicated to the Super Bowl. All right, they were just our initial thoughts. Um, NFL Hall of Fame got overshadowed by the Super Bowl. Um, we had some great picks here. We had Calvin Johnson made it. Megatron. We called that out um, in our in one of our previous episodes. I said he and and. <laughs> This was one of those when I heard the episode again, I was like, man, what the hell was I thinking? If you listen to our segment, I feel rushed and I feel like I had to make a prediction there quick. Looking back on it, I don't know why the hell I said that. Calvin Johnson is absolutely a Hall of Famer, but let this be a lesson to you, America. (laughs) You own up to your mistakes. 
I actually <laughs> cut that cut that part out because I literally stole that from David Portnoy after the election. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I I made that mistake. Uh, don't know what I was thinking. Probably the fact that that was like in the fourth ram. Well, you had a pretty good argument for him not being selected too. I did, but you had to go back. You know, Barry had the short career, but even Barry was like second all time rushing. And even when they showed, now see, here I go. My brain's going to start working again. I think the one stat they showed was like he was second all time in receiving yards per game. So that is one of those stats where longevity is not going to be necessary. Right. But I guess you have to do the, okay. Because Jim Brown, too. Jim Brown didn't have a very long career, right? Hmm. Um, I guess this is one of those things like what he did on the field when he was out there. I guess that's what they went with, and if you're doing that, then yes, absolutely, Calvin Johnson makes it. So I will, I will put up the flag saying I was wrong, wrong. You heard it here first. Peyton Manning, we knew that was going to happen. Charles Woodson was a no-brainer. John Lynch, we didn't even talk about him. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he needs to be there, and he's the one that kind of gives me, you know, hope for Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas, obviously, mm-hmm. being the tech guy, I think that he'll eventually get in. I think he'll be a couple years down the road, because I think this is, I didn't realize how long it had been. It was either, it's either nine years since he retired or nine years of eligibility, meaning that he would have retired like 14 years ago. I feel like John Lynch wasn't that long ago. It doesn't feel like it, but he was, man. I mean, we always go back to it. I mean, we're playing Madden 21 right now. I think John Lynch was on Madden 2009. I don't know. Like, it was Was a long time ago. I don't know. I'm just making that shit up as I go. That's Uh, a horrible (laughs) example, but okay. (laughs) But Um, it doesn't feel like it was that long, though. And and mm. here's something else. I want to hit one other headline before before we get out, after we get out of this. Um, Tom Flores, man. Coors had an entire ad campaign to get him in there. I love it. I love they 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 pushed for him for the right reasons, and now Tom Flores is in there. I mean, did you did you see the Al Davis special? No, I haven't seen it yet. So it's a little. They did that thing where they take the CGI face and they put it on you know actors now. Yeah. So they had an Al Davis and a um, Tom Flores. No, John he's Madden. still alive. <laughs> You're telling me people that are alive. I don't know. So they had Al Davis and they had Pete Rozelle. They had them interviewed now, and they basically put their faces on actors now. That's weird. Little weird. Yeah. Uh, the the director explained it at the beginning, but still. It was a pretty good documentary, and then you're watching that like, gee, why didn't Tom Flores make the Hall of Fame sooner? Uh, but he was like in that, they have it broken up into categories, right? He was the, I guess the old guy category. Charles Woodson, he was a no-brainer. I love Charles Woodson. Favorite favorite defensive player all time. Gets the, gets the nod on me over Dion just because I got to see all of Charles Woodson's career. I don't I don't remember early, like, Falcons, Dion. That was too young for me. Um, Calvin Johnson, John Litz, Alan Finica, a lineman getting some love for the Steelers. Definitely deserves it if you look at his accolades. Uh, Peyton Manning, Mr. I just like the way he had the orange blazer on at the Super Bowl. Is that a shot at the Colts? Mm, maybe. 
Okay. Uh, Drew Pearson, he's another head scratcher. Why hasn't he was the one that was like in the old dude category? Tom Flores was in the head coaching category. Bill Nunn, as a contributor, uh, part of the Steelers organization for years and years, like 40 years or something, started off as a scout, absolutely deserved it. And I believe that is everyone. So I hate to do this, but who was your favorite pick out of everyone? I'm going to have to go with Megatron, man. I, I really enjoyed watching him when growing up. I think he was playing his best ball at like the height of, I mean, when I was the most interested in watching like every game, right? Megatron made me watch the Lions. You watched the Lions? To watch Megatron and Stafford, yeah. Mm. That's tough. Dude, I Stafford, Stafford throws the deep you. ball well. I always think of, because we're going to talk about Super Bowl commercials, but when I hear of Detroit, I always think of the Clint Eastwood Chrysler commercial. <laughs> it's time to wake up, America. Is that when the Dude, big three were having their like recession? Sure. Maybe. <laughs> but I just remember him walking in the tunnel. You know, who, you know who kicked ass? Detroit. They came back. Anyway, they do a <laughs> they do a reenactment on SNL and it's freaking hilarious. Uh but yeah, that's what I think of when I think of Detroit. My favorite, since you're asking. Uh well, I knew you were gonna go there anyway, so I didn't have to ask. Uh it, it was the Charles Woodson. Love Charles Woodson, man. Back to his days at Michigan. Dude was a beast. Mm-hmm. So, you bring up Michigan. I think it's a good transition to the one thing I hadn't put on the script yet. Or the one thing I hadn't put on our notes yet. NCAA football is coming back. Are, did you play it? Do you play Madden? Did you in the past? Is this a big deal to you? Um, it, it It's a big deal down memory lane. Yes. It's not a big deal like life is going to be able to stop, you know, I'll be able to just play it all day like I did in college and, <laughs> and everything. I think I missed my window on that. Um, but it's exciting to go back down memory lane, NCAA. I, I mean, I was just talking to a buddy the other day. You know, we were going to Walmart at midnight the day it was released yeah. to get the one, the, to get the one with um, Deshaun Robinson. No, 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 no. This was dude. That was like six years ago. Uh, no, this was in high school. This is when the you know Boise State quarterback Zembranski was on the cover. You know, Mister Statue of Liberty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a while ago. Who doesn't have an NCAA memory? You know, um, building the dynasty with like Army. That's my first, that dude, you, that see, that was my, what was the randomest dynasty that you won with? Army. Really? That's, yeah, I can see that from you. I loved, I loved the, like the West Point black and gold. Um, I mean, that was, I was a huge like TU fan back then. So like I did a lot of Texas dynasties. Um, I don't know, man. I kind of kept it as like a homer. Like I usually stayed close and then you could create your own college back in the day. That was kind of fucking cool. That I never did. No, I did all that I, shit. I, I was, I've, there is a dynasty, a San Jose State <laughs> dynasty that will never get known, and it's a shame, because it was the greatest dynasty in college football I'm surprised history. you didn't pick San Diego State. Uh, the Aztecs, that's a much better color than red. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I did all of them, but the one that sticks out is I did the San Diego State Spartans, and it was beautiful. Alma mater, home of Jeff Garcia. I was I was more of a Chico a Chico State kind of guy. 
Chico State. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know if they got... I'm assuming that they're going to have to be like, nobody can look like a fucking player on a... Like, so they're doing some... There's what a are couple, they doing? They're not, it's not all disclosed yet, but there's some understandings that have already been kind of put out there from EA. Who's so, yeah, I'm assuming there can't be like a six foot three quarterback at Texas to wears number 11 from Austin named Wham Bellinger on the team. I'm assuming they can't do that. There, Yes, that is that is okay. one of the things they're running into. Um, but if some of the legislation that passes to them to allow to compensate players that I think is being pushed through in like California right now, it might kind of set a precedent where the NCAA will have to fold on that. It'll get to Texas in 20 years. Cool. Got it. Okay. No, it is exciting. That's exciting. Maybe it's one of those things that I buy. Maybe the kids are asleep. Maybe my work's done. Maybe I throw it on and I don't sleep that night. I play for eight hours. I don't <laughs> Who knows? Uh, right. Good old days. All right. Let's we- get into this. Yeah, dude. Eagle. I'm going to try to use Sam Elliott's voice every time I say it. Eagle rare. Nailed it. Actually, I sounded like the Budweiser frogs. You did sound like the Budweiser frogs. All right, so I'm going to go first on this. Nose, like right off the bat, vanilla, honey, little bit of little bit of cinnamon spice there. Nothing too aggressive. I, I think this is like so buttery. We talk about bourbon butter. Mm-hmm. It's just it's viscous. It's it's deliciousness. What about you, man? You you typically have the better nose than I do, so. Well, yeah, because it's a big freaking schnoz. Um, Butterscotch. Okay, so going into this, I've got to know that this is a $40 decent bottle of Buffalo Trace juice for me. So this I was twenty eight ninety nine. Okay, even better. Do I want to go against the hype? I'm battling that. I'm trying to beat the hype. But if but you can find it on the shelf for thirty bucks, let's let's play that right here. Thirty bucks. Thirty bucks. <laughs> Fuck the hype. This is a you found it on the shelf for thirty bucks. Well, let me get to that part of the show, Dick. Okay, my bad. My let bad. me just start. Jeez, buy me an appetizer first. <laughs> so I'm gonna get specific here. I'm trying to raw dog you in the coat room. This is not chocolate raisins. This is white chocolate raisins Ooh, on the nose. I get that. Hmm. White chocolate raisins. You can absolutely tell that this is a Buffalo Trace product. All the goodies are there. Vanilla. And I hate to sound like re- but that's what you're going to get. You're going to get vanilla with Buffalo Trace. Yeah, I agree. I And I get what I got raisins. Then I was like, wait a second. That's a little bit of... That's coated with something, and not just regular chocolate. That's white chocolate. Floral notes. I thought you were talking about me for there for a second. Floral notes? No, white chocolate. Mm, you wish. Um, yeah, that's a, that is a solid nose, man. So, grade this thing. What's the nose on a. this? That's an A. That's a traditional, and you know that that even you give me the traditional bourbon notes, you're gonna you're gonna win me over some already, and that's what you're getting with this. 
So I'm battling hype, but I'm battling my love and affection for BTAC. Uh, I'm sorry, for B- for Buffalo Trace. Yeah, I wish we had the yeah. BTAC, the 17-year. That would be nice. Although I heard 2020s wasn't that great. I would still take it. I would still buy it, too. If you got a bottle out there, send it to us. We'll drink it and review it. Yeah, so I'll give, I'm going to start with that. I'm going to give it an A. You know, Kurt, on that, I really can't argue with you. You know I love Eagle Rare. It is one of my things I always keep. I'm going to give it an A as well. It's going to get bonus points just for the logo. <laughs> it does have a sick bottle. Yeah. You All made right. a lamp out of it, didn't you? Uh, Yeah. And then I repurposed that lamp. I still have it. I just got to re- rebuild it. Nice. Um, the newer thing I did with, I think, no, with that same bottle, I made a, uh, like, take those LED lights that are on, like, um, metal, like the little, you put them in, like, wine bottles and stuff like that, and I did it for one of these. It came out pretty cool. Nice. I'm, I'm real like fancy. The Tim Allen of the bourbon world. Basically. All right. So, third dram, man. Let's get into it. Super Bowl. It's the entire segment. Super Bowl. Anything Super Bowl. What Anything do you want to talk about first? Yeah, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. He already was. There's nothing else to say about that. Eight. Moving on. Is eight ever achievable, achievable for Mahomes? That's what it takes no. to beat him. No. Is seven. No. <laughs> this closed the door, nailed it shut. There's no chance in beating him or catching him. I think he could have got two, and he still wouldn't, you know. He'd still, I, I, it's not, it's... Ugh. One versus seven versus two versus six is a big difference. Yeah, but there's one Tom Brady. There's a, there's a lot of Joe Montana's. There's a lot of, I'd Ooh, say... Those are fighting words, man. No, I, there's, I, there's a group in the Joe Montana four category is what I'm saying. There's okay. Bradshaw, Montana. So, I, 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 I sound stupid. There's not a bunch. There's Joe Montana. There's Bradshaw at four. And then you get Aikman. Um, you get a bunch of twos. Right. I, de- I definitely think he can get to two. But you, you, saw how difficult, you saw how good they were this year, and they didn't get it. It's very hard to repeat. I've said that before. That was the thing going against him. It's hard to repeat. Mm-hmm. But I've all, I, I, you just don't picture somebody doing what Tom Brady does. So if you had told me, will Mahomes get four? I'm like, yeah, maybe. But I've never thought it's five, six, seven, you know, because there's no other Tom Brady's. Tom Brady has now has more Super Bowls than any NFL franchise. Yeah, and now he takes Mahomes is definitely. I, I said this in the last episode. He was the one that, you know, he's going to hurt the most from this loss because he's just expected to be on this trajectory and this track where you know he's Mister Nothing Go Wrong. So he's going to take a sting. Now, I, I can the Chiefs keep the roster together and make it next year? Absolutely, and we'll get into that later. Most of them are already on contract, so right. But I just never saw. I didn't see Mahomes. I saw Mahomes being great. My thoughts here are: if there was a chance for him to catch him, he had to win this game. If there was a chance, I think when you talk about one versus seven, that's a much larger road. And Tom, Tom didn't even win one after the first three for like what six years. He had this huge gap. 
And then right. he, he then he won what three, like three out of the next four years, and then you know right. So and that's that's unfat. Like you can't I, even imagine that happening. Well, I, that's what I'm getting at. Like it's because he's played yeah. till he's 43 years old. I don't know if Mahomes will pay till he's 43. Not Why if he would has he to play like he did the other night? Well, last I mean, night. but let's talk about that. That's where I want to go. None of this is on Mahomes. I don't think Mahomes played bad. No, I saw a stat uh, that ESPN tracked him. He ran 500, four, four, 500 yards scrambling around. That's insane. So, I texted you. I said the two biggest things that people are gonna, you know, they're either they're gonna talk about it, and it, but it wasn't talked about as much as it should have. I listened two, to a few today, and I agree with you. Yeah, uh, they didn't talk about it as much as it should be. The two hurt linemen. That that was that's the storyline, man. Yeah, people want to throw the flags. They knew what they were getting to. We know Casey is a handsy defense. It's okay. That's how they play. They could have overcome a couple of those. Even then, I think the only bad one was the one on... Uh, Matthew? Mm, no, because if you went back to it, he got in Brady's face first. Oh, are you talking about the pass interference? The pass interference, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the uncatchable throw that they called oh, a pass interference. On the Mike in the Evans? Zone. Oh. Yes, that ball was it, was... it hit the wall in yeah. the back. That was the only one where I was like, oh, that was a bad call. Well, the one where Mike, Mike Evans got his feet tangled up, they got their feet tangled up, and they're like, "Oh, then he hit him." No, he didn't. He didn't like no, that they was were a bad they call. were both falling. That You're was right. He he kind of fell after like a couple strides. We would agree that there were two bad pi calls. That's not enough to make a thirty-one nine difference. No, the other thing, the hurt lineman, the lack of star power from the Chiefs. You know where was Tyreek Hill? Where was Travis Kelsey? Which goes back to the Tampa Bay just running a hell of a defense. Uh, they have those dirty linebackers that took care of everything underneath, and they had the safeties up type. Like you're not going to beat us deep. The rookie who did the piece, um, they just played. They did a hell of a job, and I, that's what my two takeaways was: the hurt line, the lack of star power, and um, you know Brady, Brady. And I think my two takeaways are: I agree with you on the hurt lineman. But I can't give Mahomes enough credit. He has to be given the credit. He re- played his heart out. He played harder than anybody on that field, in my opinion. The The fact that he hit Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey in the face with a ball, scrambling, and they didn't catch it. That one, he they, they show a picture. He literally released yes. it, and he's vertical with the ground. And that ball went 30 yards and smacked Tyreek Hill right in I the forehead. I don't think that was Tyreek Hill. Whatever. Harmon or one of them. Hit him straight in the forehead, and it bounced off. How? There were some key drops, but also you can't take away. I mean, he, they they got nine pretty quick, right? Or was the – no, it was the, the, six. It was six. They got six pretty okay, quick. Okay, so – Field goals are not touchdowns. They're not. But and the, you can't get into that game with the, an offense like Tampa. 21 instead of 9. Obviously, it's very simple to say, but that would have been a lot better. Um, and they just came back to the, the Tampa Bay defense. It was a heck of a game by them. Yeah, and Leonard Fournette, I texted you. I thought he had a hell of a night. I don't think he had enough he credit. Did not. No, he did. He did. He had like 67 yards rushing when you texted me. Yeah, but like 15 yards casting. That's, that's okay. But in the Super Bowl, when you really look at what he was doing and he was playing a role, he was running over Casey's defense when they needed him to. He was moving the moving the downs, keeping the clock rolling. Like giving a little bit. I think there was a lot of other highlights that I'm not saying it was a that. highlight. I'm just saying he played his role. Now, no, let's. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about someone else who played a role and just got two Super Bowl rings? 
Lashawn McCoy. I saw that today. <laughs> I did not know that. Back to back Super Bowls, two different teams didn't play it, it down. <laughs> good for him. Right place, right time. You know what? Good for his agent. Props to his agent. But it was the additions, man. It was Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. It was Gronk. It was Brady. Who would have thought Gronk I mean, would have scored was, two touchdowns? Mm, uh, no, I will. I will say no. I'm just saying because I heard the interviews before. And somebody said it's going to be Gronk who's going to be a, um, you know, a key factor in the game. And you're like, okay, well, he was. He, I mean, two, two, two touchdowns. The first one could have been any other tight end, <laughs> but it wasn't. It was could have been me. Yeah, mm, I don't know about that. I could have got that Hold ball. On. Shut but, up. But yeah, so good for Tampa Bay. Good job. Their manager definitely management gets the nod, uh, the win, turned the franchise uh, around after last year having Jameis Winston. But Bruce Arians pulling together with three black assistant coaches and two women he, on the on the uh, the staff first ever. Right. And good for Bruce Arians. I mean, he's another guy you got to root for. You got to love him. I didn't at the beginning of the year. I remember us having conversations about him and Tom getting into it and where they're going to be able to do it and all this other stuff. Well, he said it himself. He's like, I didn't do shit. (laughs) So uh, I did like the way. I did like, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, not to take away from Bruce Arians, but he said. He's humble. That it's all left, which, which that could be him being humble. Which is crazy. Like. You and I grew up watching Byron Lethwich play at Marshall. Like, Getting carried up to the field when he was hurt yep. and everything, yeah. Um, and then you got Todd Bowles, who absolutely is going to get another job, another chance. Um, there was actually a rumor I read that before the game, somebody said that if the Bucks won, Arians was like, deuce, I'm out, let Todd take over. I don't <laughs> think that's the case. No, he, said think, he, he said he was coming back. Yeah, Arians said hell no to that. Um but Todd Bowles should eventually get another job. But yeah, he was like, I don't do anything. So, and he is being humble and, and downplaying the uh, effect that he's had on that. Anyway, on to the Chiefs, Andy Reid. So I want to, I want to, before we go there, not to cut you off, but like Bruce Arians staying. I saw an interview, uh, something about Mike Evans. Um, Mike Evans basically saying, I want to keep this group together, even if you have to take some of my money to keep everybody else together. Like, they want to make another run. Like, that, that is some unselfish stuff. For Mike Evans, who arguably, he's an Aggie, but he's kind of been a selfish dude in the past. I don't think he's been selfish. He's been playing in Tampa fucking Bay. I mean... He had Jameis Winston throw him the ball. Yeah, maybe you're exactly. right. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. He's uh, like, throw me the fucking ball, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's pretty nice when you get to just have one catch in the Super Bowl and you can rely on the other guys. It's, yeah, I mean you don't have to carry the team, but let's let's talk about the Chiefs. Chiefs will be back. Andy Reid was dealing with that whole situation with his son getting in the car crash under the influence. I think yeah. I don't know. I didn't read if that was a for it, sure. He was. He was. So he, um, he was he had been drinking and then he was also on pain meds. But wasn't he leaving the facility or something? I, I don't know the answer to that, but there was a I mean, lo- not that it's impossible to be like have a couple brewskis in the press box sure. and of my I mean that's not but I'm just Well I don't know the situation. I don't know if he was leaving a practice, I don't know the time of day. 
Yeah, it's it's a lot on Andy. I think we could both say that with everything that happened with his other son and yes. this one. I mean, there's and you, some people had said maybe that's why he kept him so close, like on the coaching staff as a linebacker coach. Kind of keep an eye on that, and even without that, he's his son, which any dad's gonna want to. For, for sure, but there but are. I think it, go ahead. No, I would say, but there are good examples of people doing that, but then letting your son kind of fly away into their own thing. Um, yeah. I can't blame him. Um, I, my personally, I feel for the other people in their car accident. There was a little girl that was in critical condition. No, yeah, Rex and, Ryan got to me. He broke down in the morning show, and that got to me. Um, Rex Ryan anybody, broke down. Yeah, that's exactly. You know, anybody who has kiddos. You know, you're feeling that, and then to see somebody like Rex Ryan, you know, you know, we don't, us as manly men, you know, we don't cry when we see like, you know, a news anchor crying, your everyday news anchor, or if we're watching um, Frozen, we cry when we see The Rock cry or <laughs> Rex Ryan cry. And damn it, if Chuck any Norris of the Ryan men shed a, a tear, you know, but no, it's serious. No, like that got to you. But I think Andy Reid is such a professional. You know, I don't think that had any effect on him. I think he's he's one of. The, I think he's a professional to the point where he is human. But he's probably one of those that does a pretty good job at like, okay, it's game time. Yeah, let's stay boxing now. I mean, and let's be honest. I mean, the 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 game that they called, the offense they tried to run was pretty much shot to hell as soon as they snapped the ball because the yeah. offensive line was shit, and it was Patrick Holmes running for his life. He's running for his life. The screens weren't there. Nothing was there. People there dropping some, balls. Some sometimes Kelsey got underneath those two safeties. That there was a decent catch. Um, but and and it, has, it says something about that red zone defense because they were getting in field goal range and they could have put up some points. But heck of a defense performance. Um, field goals don't want two goals. A more fun note. Um, what else you got from last night? All right. Super Bowl. Typically, when it's not a good game or it's some bullshit like we've seen the last three out of five years, commercials. We had a few people kind of sit it out from, like, the big um, big company standpoint. They redirected some funds specifically to uh, vaccinations, which I applaud. But I think overall, like, we saw some solid, solid commercials. It wasn't, you know, Budweiser with the, uh, the horses or... You know, with the with the, uh, the dogs, but there were still some decent ones out there. Um, I had one that was specifically that was a favorite. Um, it was uh, Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. I mean, it's Mila Kunis. How could you not want to watch that? And the Cheetos commercial was pretty fucking funny. Um, Shaggy, right? It yeah, wasn't me. It wasn't yeah. me exactly. I was like, well, when are they gonna do "You're My Angel"? Like, were they gonna have a follow up on that? <laughs> Forgot Shaggy had another song. We, my wife and uh, I talked about that. Shaggy's not a one-hit wonder. He is a two-hit wonder. That's a different class of artists. <laughs> that's another. I think it's a Vice documentary on the whole story behind the "It Wasn't Me" song. Check that out when you get a chance. I will that have to not, do that as that well. That was not supposed to be a, a a big hit. I'm not a big. I'm not a big commercials during the game guy because now they put them all on YouTube. Like days before that's well not all of them but a lot of them yes and then of course you've got the the commercials on youtube after the game Mm. during the commercials i'm more of like 
checking social media, you know, texting the, the football buddies, you know, doing stuff like that. So I'm not focused on the commercials so much during the game. There were two that I caught that were pretty decent. It was the George Costanza Tide commercial. I mean, <laughs> anybody who watched Seinfeld had to have enjoyed that one. That's my face. And then, and then <laughs> that's my face. You can't just do that with my face. Um, and then there was the Bud Light Legends one. That one was pretty cool. A little trip down memory lane with that that one right there. Uh, but yeah, I'm more you know I do the little things during the commercials. I get up, I go you know get another stack or clean up as much as I can, stuff like that. Pay attention to my son for a little bit. Uh, so yeah, but what about the other things? Like, what do you think of the halftime show? So I liked the halftime show before I came there, dude. Paramount Plus came hard. They spent some cash. They sp- like pre Super Bowl two, and now I want to buy Paramount Plus. So um, you'll probably see me getting that specifically because I saw they have Reno nine one one, one of my favorite shows of all time that I could watch over and over and over. Have so, you seen the movie? Yes, I've seen all of the episodes like multiple times over. The movie over. is so bad; it's funny. I, I um, liked I liked how they had at the when they got to the top, they had the SpongeBob Super Bowl bowl actually finally. Yes, <laughs> that was yes. a good one. Anyway, um, your question on halftime, dude. I I don't understand the hate. Like the weekend drop. The weekend dropped seven million dollars into his of his own money into this because he wanted to do it the way he wanted to do it. I mad props, right? And then on top of that, he did a show. He didn't employ the five thousand plus people it takes to put all the shit together for halftime and take it all apart. He did it on a crew of hundreds of people, and it was good. It was just as good as anything recently, other than Prince, other than Prince. But yes, it, it was that. good. Prince was a true concert. The weekends was more of a show. It rained during Purple Rain. I know. Didn't like his electric guitar Prince almost shut out, shut out, or short out. Pointed that electric guitar to the sky and said, "Jesus, <laughs> make it rain." No, I know what the hate is, and it, it's it's dumb. It's unfounded. It's everybody who doesn't like the weekend, so they don't go into it with an open mind and they just shat on it all over social media. How do you media. not like the weekend? Like, I'm going, well, you have to talk about, like, who, you have to think of the age, you have to think about the type of person, like, you know, like, somebody today, somebody put a, a George Strait post. Oh, shit. It's a meme, up. and it's George Strait, like, hey, when you want a real halftime show, call me. George Strait is amazing. I agree. But... You know that's what I'm saying. It's the it's gonna be somebody who loves George Strait. Are those also the same people that got mad at Garth Brooks for singing at the inauguration? That is a whole other mad. <laughs> they're mad at a whole this other the same set people, of problems. Though. Those are the same people. But, but like, and I saw somebody else older. You know, probably she's a known rock fan. So instead of just open-minding it she just shits all over it and that's where the hate is it's like if you don't like the person you just shit on it but that's you know that's the running theme and it's okay to shit on the super bowl halftime because that's the last that's the first concert most people have seen in a year and a half i'm not a weekend fan but i gave it a solid b plus and the only reason it was a b plus is not a knock on him i'm doing exactly what they're but he gets a b plus just because i like when like last year there was you know, it was J-Lo, Shakira, it was Bad Bunny. Usually there's other people. And it was, he did a hell of a job for just him. Uh, but I get excited, like, when somebody comes on stage that you weren't expecting or, you know, uh, you know. But it was a solid performance. I thought yeah. it was great. 
I agree. And I'm not a big week. I love that blinding light song. That's awesome. Yeah. So I enjoyed that. But I'm not going to sit dun, here and be like, dun, oh, I don't like dun, the weekend. Dun. So it just sucked. And that's what people will do. Well, I think the Super Bowl halftime performance has a history of people just shitting on it because it's easy to shit on. There's I always, thought the whole thing was good. I, I, I was I was very pleased. This is my favorite Super Bowl. The game, I, I know, had its low lights, but... It, it no, was, the game was bad. The game was bad. We but, haven't even talked about that except for the intro. The game was not exciting. I thought there were exciting moments. The the, the fourth quarter was was gone, but I think when you when you think about Patrick Mahomes running around and the highlights, I know he didn't catch the ball, but he threw some of the most amazing balls and the most athletic. How the fuck did he did that positions? Like what I talked about earlier when he was horizontal to the ground and hit. Horizontal, yeah. What's the name of the freaking head? Like who makes that pass? If he catches that ball and they win the game, that is the highlight of the game. That might be the highlight of the Super Bowls for the next 10 years. Like, the yeah. the entire the entire narrative changes. But that was an amazing play by Patrick Mahomes. He hit him straight in the face. Yeah. No, I thought, I, I mean, I thought the God Bless America, I thought the National Anthem, I thought the President, I thought, I, I thought the whole show, the whole thing was something that we needed right now uh, with the COVID going on. And I know there's going to be people saying like, well, why were 25,000 people together in a stadium? It, they were. And it was great. And it was awesome. And it was um, the whole shebang, pregame, halftime you know, everything was cool. I enjoyed it. You know, my favorite part was, speaking of one of those 25,000 fans, the Unithong. First response? The oh. Unithong streaker. Here we go. I'm saying first responders. You're saying the thong of the streaker. It was great, man. He made it. He made a touchdown. He made it to the end zone. I have seen some memes today, and I don't know what to believe. He, 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 made, he, he broke a tackle like a pro up on <laughs> There was a article, I guess Barstool or somebody put, that it was a, and I have not checked this, but that it, that it was a YouTube prankster's porn site that he was advertising. I saw a meme that he had placed a huge bet that there was going to be a streaker before the game, a prop bet, and that he won thousands and thousands of dollars, way more than his bail. Uh, so there's, this guy's already a legend. Can you call um, him a streaker, though, if he wasn't naked? I don't care about that. <laughs> These are the finer points that I'm trying to you nail You already at. said that you looked at his ass and you're asking questions <laughs> like that. I, I don't know, Dick. I can't. Well, I'm, you don't I'm know Dick, make, but I do. I'm trying to make a conversation about a streaker that I can't. Like, this is all I got. Fuck it. Uh, this is good all stuff. All right, so. So, what now that football's over? Well, we got the early power rankings for next year. Okay. Talk me through it. I don't have it up. We've got Kansas City 1, Buffalo 2, Green Bay 3. They're showing no love to Tampa Bay. They're 4. Because they're all old guys. True. But tell that to Tom Brady. LA 5, Baltimore 6, Cleveland 7, Seattle 8, San Fran 9, Tennessee 10. And just to get to the home state teams. We're going to scroll down 12. here to, to 19. We've got the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, see, I'm looking at a different site. Okay. This is ESPN's, by the way. And i got a feeling that I'm going to have to go down to 32 to find 
Yep, there they are. Shut the up. The Houston Texans. At 32 because of the De- Deshaun Watson situation. Yep. Ouch. Yep, yep, yep. So, so, what do you want to talk about first? Uh... I can't hate on the Texans situation at 32. They've just totally shit on themselves. And they're apparently not <sighs> going to trade him. There's so much crazy talk, though, like them saying no. I've also heard that, that um, Oakland is th- or Las Vegas is thinking about they've they put out feelers for Derek Carr. Um, I've heard that cars that Eagles with the Stafford trade are now getting more and more ballsy. That that they're going to get like a second round pick. But they're like, hey, for Wentz, maybe you can go to Chicago. Like, I've heard, like, possible wins to Chicago, falls back to Philly. Yes, I've seen that. But there are people, like, that's that's who needs him the most is Chicago. But there's so many other teams that it makes it very interesting. And Wentz could be successful. There's, there's a lot going on. Uh, apparently, Dak's not getting any bit closer to a contract. He had the same see, offer he had last year. Yeah. 31.57 or something like that. That's all in the what's what I'm looking forward to now that football's over. All the, the drama, the quarterback carousel. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about the Deshaun thing anymore because we will we will still be talking about this in five weeks. We'll have a special episode whenever anywhere. the decision gets made. Um, and we've talked about all the quarterbacks that are just possibly possibly leaving. Who was it? They just they just said today that somebody was open to talks today for a trade on. Who was it? Huh. Another quarterback that you're just like, oh, okay, well, sure, why not? Derek Carr. Car. No, I think it was somebody else. I'm trying to think of the untouchables. It wasn't Rodgers. It wasn't Wilson. Allen. Yes, yes. There was an article today. Thank you. That te- that teams are reaching out to the Seahawks. So that's that's what I'm watching. To the power rankings effects, I think. Okay, instead of being boring and just listing the teams that ESPN, obviously, Chiefs number one, who's your surprise team next year? L.A. L.A. I I think if Stafford can get it together with that same team, I think they have more than enough weapons, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. Um, But L.A. is going to be fun to watch. I'm a huge Stafford fan, man. I think that's a cop-out. L.A., come on. Stafford, to really surprise. Well, but you think about how hard it is to get a offense to gel over a season or preseason. Uh, oh, look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They just won a Super Bowl. And you just said Tom fucking Brady. Okay, well. And they, did not, they did not play well the first half of the season. Yeah, whatever. If you're telling me that you're going to be surprised if the Rams are in the Super Bowl next year, yeah, I'm going to tell be. you, don't be surprised. Okay. Um, you heard it here first. Kurt is picking the Rams to win the Super Bowl. I did not say that, but I said I'm not going to be shocked. I'm going to go Miami because either way, it's going to be year two for Tua. Oh, you mean year one year for, for Watson? Brian. Okay, let me get to that point, Dick. Another year with Brian Flores or... <laughs> they're going to have Deshaun Watson, and they're going to be a hell of a lot better. So either way. That'll be a hell I'm of a team. With, I'm going to go with the – I've said it, and you keep pulling me back into this Watson talk, but out of all the deals out there, let's, uh, I, I mean, I I want Watson there. But if I'm in the stands chanting Tua next year, is life so bad? No. No, there, there's, there's, there's an upside there. 
All right, we've talked about this. The Olympics are coming up. What's what's next? What what now? That football's over. I mean, shit. I guess I can start reading books again and living life. But oh, I mean, it's going to be the Olympics. I think the Olympics, as long as they get held, will will take us through. Um, we'll have to get into baseball a little bit. Base, basketball is going to be my big thing. So we watch a lot of basketball. I did buy um, the uh, basketball. Thing. NBA full court. Yeah, I did buy NBA full court. So, we um, watched some more basketball and uh, playing some Madden. Wait for next year. I will watch March Madness. I can't sit here and say I watch baseball games. I'll check out opening day. Yeah. Um, we'll watch the highlights. Obviously, having a sports podcast, this I probably will watch more baseball than ever this year. Mm-hmm. Um, same with basketball. I don't watch it too much. It's the playoffs. When they get here, I'll sit down and I'll start watching them every evening. And See, I watch a good amount of basketball. This, yeah. I mean, if it's on, it's on. I'll check it out. But, of course, it's going to be the same thing. You know, if it, I'm, I'm going to get the Rockets games. Um, I'm going to get the game that's on TNT. I'm not going to get a lot of the Sacramento Kings you know, I'm not going to get a lot of the... Mix. Unfortunately. Um, but yeah, the Olympics are exciting. Those are coming up. You know, we'll see how life goes after football. But the, the, the free agency stuff will keep me glued to the TV. And basically anything that Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman are talking about on First Take. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Like, I've started listening to more and more like sports podcasts, specifically like the big guys, like ESPN, etc. Um, as we're watching the uh, Golden State Warriors and the Spurs wrap up the game, Spurs are up 103 to 100 with 8.7 seconds left. Man, noise. Yeah, man. Can't hate a, a Spurs victory. So, anything else, or do you want to go ahead and move into the uh, what's in uh, what's the tasting notes of this? Eagle Rare, 10 year. Let's get going. Let's start talking some whiskey. That's another thing. What now that football's over? A lot more whiskey. Just talking whiskey. Take a vodka drink? Nope. Take a whiskey drink. Yep. Okay. So proof on this. Yeah, the proof comes in at uh, 90. So the same as Buffalo Trace. Uh, I think Buffalo Trace 95. No. You always check me on this. And I've always said Buffalo Trace is 90. I think I always want to say Buffalo Trace is 95. But you're probably right. No, I know I'm right. Okay. Big shot. I'm right. Right? Yeah, you're right. Um, So that taste is there. That familiar... You know starts off you get the vanilla you feel it and then you get a little watered down but see there's a difference from watered down and buffalo trace watered down it's a slow drop off vanilla honey the couple more years in the oak are definitely there that's not aggressive though Mm -mm. no in true buffalo trace you know fashion you're going to sip on this for a while if you can get through the initial heat. Which, you know, for 
I find that heat pleasurable. There's different heats that I don't. When you talk about the alcoholy versus the proofy, or the ethanol versus the proofy. Yes, yes. No, and that's, but, you know, this is, this is caution to those that invite the newbie over and you're like, hey, drink my Eagle Rare. Like, mm, they may not love it. You're right. Hold on. Don't, don't, don't do that to them first. I wouldn't do that. Um, so I wouldn't say take this one as an intro one. I feel like this is a good bourbon for people like us who have drank a lot of bourbon, don't necessarily always appreciate the lower proof stuff, but this is probably the tip, like the tip top of the lower proof spectrum of what you're going to get like tasting notes wise. Because then like for you and I, we love the barrel proof stuff. And that's what we like to get into because that's where typically you get the more complex flavors. Um, 1792 full proof, um, Jack Daniels barrel proof, both the rye and the regular. Um, Rare breed, right? So, but this is, you talk about just like good complex flavors. It's good. I'm having a hard time distinguishing too much of a difference from regular Buffalo Trace. Which I would like to have had a glass right here in front of me to have done that. But then again, I don't because I wanted to give Eagle Rare the full attention. I think Eagle Rare, I'm going to use the term. Sweeter? It's sweeter. It's smoother. Buffalo Trace can be more aggressive on the front end, specifically when you talk about the non-store picks. I think that palette that they put together has more of a cinnamony bite to it if you will i can see that because i'm not getting a lot of cinnamon on this one <clears throat> no it's it's more like vanilla cream sickle almost a cream sickle but vanilla creamy buttery there's a little bit of like citrus there and i think that's some of the burn but there's not heavy oak it's nothing aggressive it's it's nothing that is offensive and I think it's all of the good things that are bourbon. Minus, I could use some more cinnamon spice. I could use some more cinnamon spice. Very random before we grade these. Without doing a blind, this or Blanton's? This. This. Okay. I, I've, I've always liked this better than Blanton's. I, I okay. think Blanton's is good. Um, I've never knocked the juice. I've just knocked the hype. It'll make me really sad if Eagle Rare gets up to that bland. I was going to say that. I was going to say, I think it's going to, unfortunately. But they're different price points, right? Like, MSRP-wise, Blanton's is a $60 bottle. This Mm. is a $28, $99 bottle. Um, Well, it's like moving your way down the list. If I can't get my hands on this, I think that's what eventually Eagle Rare has turned into. Yeah. At the same time, like, if you said you want a... Would you rather have a Buffalo Trace store pick or Eagle Rare non-store pick? I'd probably take a Buffalo Trace store pick, to be honest with you, because the store picks can be really, really good. Um, we oh, just saw the yeah. Bourbon Junkies do a, a five blind on four different store picks in a non-store pick um, Buffalo Trace, and I've done a blind on Buffalo. What won that one? No, I, I did. What, what won that one? All of the store picks. Um, so out of five on the Bourbon Junkies, their non-store pick got four. So this regular so the Buffalo, Buffalo Trace got four. Your Buffalo Trace regular non-store pick got four. And yeah. then the uh, oh, so the rest were Buffalo Trace store picks. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And that's been my experience, too. Like, Buffalo Trace Short Pick can be amazing. And I think there's worth so much hype with it. Now, if someone's like, oh, I've got a uh, Blanton Store Pick, bitch, it's a single barrel no matter what. All right? It ain't yeah. that special. Like, Calm down. Calm down, Dick. Take your turn. You said this is okay. going to get more of a whiskey podcast we got into summer, so... Give me uh, give me your your grade on the the taste. The taste, uh, A minus A, right in there. Oh man, I just had a big gulp that was delicious. Why you're, you're drinking a big gulp and Eagle Rare at the same time? Come on. No, I'm saying I had a big gulp of Eagle Rare, dumbass. <laughs> oh, it gets sweeter with the. That's good. That is good. This is atypical, like the chiminea or the uh, uh, the fire pit, when it's nice and cold outside, and just sip on this and just talk shit with That's a buddy. That's any whiskey there, buddy. I'm going to go... I'm going to go B+. Oh, you're not. You some bitch. I'm going to go B+, because in... I, I feel like you're proof. just saying B plus. B- I feel like you're saying B plus because of the hype. You finally got to find some way to no, knock it. No, no. Let me give it. B plus is a very good grade. I mean, you're talking about my A's are like, you know. It is. But she's so beautiful. Logo. Yeah. She's so beautiful. Uh, let me get to my final grade before we let you fucking beat your ass. Me on. Okay. <laughs> On the podcast, <laughs> let's talk more whiskey. Uh-huh. Let's keep it going. So you wanted to talk. You got with me and said, "Let's. We've done like every day. Or let's do five, five categories. What you should have at your home. We got to list it up, and I, I like to list and, it up. Yes, and these are bottles that the new newbie um, can go get right now. This isn't something that you have to get on a list. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait for a certain time of the year. You can go grab these right now. Yep. Yeah. I like it. And, so and the, me- the reason why is is because I feel like there's this semi-annual, maybe even quarterly exercise that I think most podcasts or YouTube things go like, oh, we're going to do a list of the top five, the top ten. And we're going to do that, too, because your taste changes, your palates change, new stuff hits the market. And this is really my recommendation where if I'm going to Eddie, right, who we had on a few podcasts back and I bought him a series of bottles like you need one of these, one of these, one of these, one of these. And this is how you get started. But this is what I have. I have these. Yeah. And these are, you know, you'll see them do these. You'll you'll see them do these lists, but they start getting into the like, okay, this one's not so easy to find. Okay, this one is a little more pricey. These are you can go to the store and get right now. And we'll give you the average price on each one of these. Yes. Which you should pay for it. Don't pay secondary. Yeah. Oh, real quick. Did you see that Smoke Wagon's um, owner came back and barred his products from the secondary market? I saw that on Instagram. Is that a real thing? Can he do that? He can't do that per se, but he has basically said to every whiskey selling community out there, I don't want my stuff sold on the secondary market. And if you do and I catch you, I will not sell to you. Good for him. And so a lot of the mods are taking it like, okay, this is what this because this is about the whiskey community. Like, he doesn't want it sold. Buffalo Trace kind of looks the other way on it and doesn't ever addresses it, but he's actually addressing it. And if allegedly a lot of these mod groups, and we're on a few of them, um, if they see you doing it, they will ban you. 
didn't he share a meme where somebody put Aaron Wig on him and was like the Karen of the secondary market and he <laughs> shared it? I love it though. Like I fucking hate the secondary no, market. That's good. That's good. Um, I love that he's a champion. That makes me like his juice that much more. We are becoming smoke wagon fans big time. All right, so give me the five categories. All right, so the way I thought about this is we could have gone a lot deeper, but if I'm if I'm starting out and I want to experience the breadth of whiskey, specifically bourbon, well, there's one that's on on not bourbon on here, um, but that I'm going to recommend is you need a bottled and bond. Um, you know, Dan and Sean did a whole thing about bottled and bond. What does it mean? And the 297 regulations that go onto it. But essentially, you're looking for something that's four years or older, age stated, bottled in a bonded warehouse, and is 100 proof. Can, so. can I maybe be a little bit of a whiskey Karen with bottled and bond? Sure, go for it. You think bottled and bond mostly an advertising gimmick? Do I think Just it's an advertising gimmick? Slap that on the label. I don't think it's an advertising gimmick. I think it's an ode to history. Okay. And I don't think it's I don't think it's hard to do, but when you see Bottled and Bond, it goes back to not advertising, but more um, consumer protection. And I it's like at that. at least four years. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be four years. It doesn't have to be four years. So if you're like a seven-year-old whiskey, eight-year-old whiskey, and you want to throw that little bottled and bond in there just to say, hey. You've got to start off as, like, saying, I'm making a bottled and bond whiskey, though. Like, there's processes. And I oversimplify it. I, I, I drill it down to three or four specific factors. But to Dan and Sean's point, there are a list of requirements, technically by law. By no, the oh, 18- yeah, there's the broad ones, 100 proof, four-year. Right. Okay. I, I think I, it's, just, I feel like that's always the one that's kind of, you know, these other ones, you know, a rise or rye, cast strength, you know, daily drinker. That's a rise or rye until you're like, oh, maybe, is it a rye? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just that was a little whiskey talk. Just like you know, you start seeing these bottle and bonds popped up. You know, I, I like the fact that we we still do bottle and bonds. Um, so yeah, one that's, the. That's the so the first one is bottled and bond. The second one, to Kurt's point, is a rye. The next one, we're going to go a little bit high proof on you, barrel proof or cast strength or um, barrel entry proof, whatever it may be, and then a daily drinker, and then something special. So those are my five categories. We're going to walk through each one and give you just a thought or two on each one and then a rough price point. Okay, so bottle and bond. Mm-hmm. As I was a fun sucker for a little bit. I love when you're a fun sucker. It makes me feel better mm-hmm. about myself. That's true, too. Uh, I could have easily gone Evan Williams here, but I wanted to change it up. And I figured I was prepared with another one just in case because I knew you were I knew you were going to go Evan Williams at early times. So I went, which I will be reviewing this bottle in the next episode. I'm pretty sure. Because I had to buy it again. And if you saw our Instagram... I'm not going to give everything away, but you can easily get the George Dickel Blue Label Bottled and Bond 11-year-old. There's several, several on total wine shelves. $31. I don't want to give too much away, but it's worth being in your bar as a Bottled and Bond or Broken Saddle. That's another one that you can go into specs and you can grab. 
Um, but Evan Williams could have easily been on here, but I'm going to recommend those for Bottled and Bond. The George Dickel Bottled and Bond, which we've done a, several mentions of before. There was the 13-year-old. There was the Whiskey of the Year. I wanted to taste it again to see if it was good. The 11-year-old was as good as I had the first time. I'll leave that for the episode. Dick, what do you got for Bottled and Bond? So there, there's not a huge selection, right? So there's not many people are doing Bottled and Bond, at least within the... Uh, um, the craft whiskey industry. But what you're going to find is, is I'm an Evan Williams guy, bottle and bond all day, every day. But Kurt has kind of turned to the corner for me. I, I really do think that early times bottle and bond is heavily underrated. Um, it's probably getting more of a cold following, but you get like the great, like sweet red cherries. You get the nanners on there. Like it is a good whiskey. It'll get you in trouble real quick. I tell you what, it'll sneak up on you. It does not get proofy on you, at least in my it, experience. It grew on me because it was. I liked it from sip one. Yeah, it was one of those that I don't know what was going on the first time. Uh, it is a hundred proof, so it's not that much where you have to warm up a little bit. But it has. De- I mean, I've killed three bottles since we had that conversation. I, I'm on my second bottle, and it's twenty three bucks. I mean, it's, it's a one liter, so it's a, it's hands down. Um, how much is that broken saddle running you, or the dickel? That was a, the dickel was thirty two. 32. And there's a couple other ones out there. There's Henry McKenna. I talked about that in the last one. Honestly. But that one you're not walking in and getting every time. No, you're not getting. Old Forester 1897 I haven't had. Um, I think you have. Have you? Or do you have the Statesman? So it's funny you mentioned that. I had Old Forester 1870, the original batch. Uh, and then for some reason, because I'm an idiot, I got confused when we talked about it on the show and said that I had had the 1897 uh, or whatever you mentioned. Which yeah. I guess is that their bottled and bond? That's their bottled and bond, yeah. Okay, see, I didn't have that one. So when I was dogging the 1897, so this is why you got to listen to all our episodes. Uh, I we we actually, have a history. I was actually talking about their 90 proof. 1870, which I was not a fan of, and then I went on to have the 1910 and totally love it. So, well, and that's crazy. Like, so 1910 is 93 proof, and we love 1920. Like 1920 is a hitter. Um, but there's two, there's three here now. I'm gonna list. Like, there's other bottle and bonds. 1897, I haven't tried, but I want to now. If you can find the 1792 bottle and bond, it's got the yellow label on the neck. I like 1792 products. And then I just was looking up a couple. Dude, Jack Daniels has a bottle and bond. I believe it. I don't know what it would look like if you were to show it to me. It's got a black label with a gold piece on the front of it and just says bottle and bond. I might have to try it. But is that something that you're going to walk into the store and get right now? No, no, it's not. These are not. I mean, honestly, the. the, So keep it off the fucking list, dude. I'm not putting on the list. I'm just creating conversation with our listeners, Kurt. You're making me a liar about everything I just said before. No, you're not. I didn't say I recommend it. I'm saying early times, bottle and bond. Next category. All right. Moving on. What do we got next? Rye. All right. Rye? Okay. Rye not. Uh, that's my joke. Why the fuck did you take that from it's me? It's mine now, bitch. Uh, you know what I'm saying here. There's no reason to even ask me. Our listeners that have listened to us know what I'm going to say here. No, because you're a basic bitch. And it's basically delicious. It is. Oh, 
<laughs> that was a uh, what is that lucky time? I wonder if they're delicious or was that tricks? Fuck. I don't know. Anyway, either way, you don't sound Irish. So. Oh, fuck you. Pardon me, Arsh. Um, it's Zazrak Rai all day, every day. This is who. This is what I'm gonna suggest. This is what. This is the. I don't like whiskey. Okay, we'll try this because it's sweeter and it's freaking good. And I've not had one person come back to me and say I didn't like it. I, I could not agree with you more. I think Sazerac Rye is one of the the unsung heroes. Um, we sing it, but others don't. Um, the The hard thing with Sazerac for me, man, is that I see it so often that I don't ever grab it, but I hear people like not be able to find it, and I'm like, fuck, I want to kind of stash it, but I don't because I want to be that guy. One thing I haven't seen though is the Fat Boy Sazerac Rye bottle. It just looks so funny. I have to have it because it's a fat boy and he's got the skinny neck on it. You know what I'm talking about? I don't think I've seen that in person either. Oh my god, it's huge. I've only seen it once. It's like huge. Just when <laughs> it I look so down. weird. Huh? Just when I look down. <laughs> uh, all right, so mine is going to go off the reservation to uh, to Utah. Uh, I'm going to go with the High West um, Rendezvous Rye or the, the Double Rye. Any of their ryes are good. If you can find the uh, specialty finished ones, which is a black label, um, it's got the little tag on the side of it. Tells you it's like a you know age twenty four months in a port barrel or port cask barrel, whatever it is. Uh, it's it's a great flavor profile. I've never run into one I don't like, and I've had half a dozen. Um, highly recommend it, man. I think it's a fun experience every time I get into rise. Rise are good. Rise are good. You, I don't. There's a lot of. Yeah, I don't know that I've had a rye that I didn't like. Yeah, no, you're, you're 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 right. You have your whistle pig. Whistle pig's one of those I think that people love it, or people think it's just overpriced. Okay. It's always overpriced, uh, though. I know the six year was kind of a miss for some people because of the price. What that's the whistle back or the piggyback? Piggyback, the clever name. Yeah, um, six year. I, a, I don't hate it. I, I've had it. I've had a James Pepper rye, the 1776. That was very good. That may be one that I need to go back to, but yeah, you're right. And if you're, you know, wondering why do I try rye, it's just going to be sweeter. You know, it's going to be sweeter, spicier. Yeah, the rye spice is definitely a turn on for a lot of people. Said it before, you know, good with the old fashions. I agree with you there. Um, We keep talking about like, uh, you know, the classics. You got Old Overholt. Got Sazerac, of course. Knob Creek makes a rye. I've never had it. The one rye I really want to get, and I actually want to get into their single barrel as well, now that I've had 291, is a new riff. So I haven't been able to get my hands on that, but they do make a rye as well. You did pique my interest with new riff. The one that I would like to try. They have a bottled and bond rye. They have a bottled and bond rye? Who makes that? New riff. Oh, nice. Uh, The Sagamore rye, I've seen those all over the place. Have not had that yet. Um, oh, I've had wild turkey rye. Not bad. I took it to a wedding. We killed it. It's delicious. Not not rare breed. I'm talking about just straight up wild turkey. Yeah, rye. the green. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get into our our heavy hitter of the uh, of the segment. Barrel proof cast strength. Um, 
it'll be called a bunch of different things depending on how they exactly do it. But we're typically looking for something that's over 115 up to 130 plus proof. Um, if it's barrel proof, that means it's the proof that it comes, it goes into the barrel at. If it's cask strength, that means it's the strength that it comes out of the barrel at. Um, there's a couple other terms for it. Full proof. Um, 1792 is full proof. That's the... Uh, Diesel. The, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but you're, you're typically looking at something, uh, it's, a, it's a much heavier hitter. Um, poor shot, and you're probably going to feel it a lot faster than you would pour in two shots. So, Kurt... What about you, man? What you got? So this one could be, if we didn't have two different categories, I could put this one as my daily drinker because this this one is, you know, I'll usually always have a bottle of this, and that's Maker's Mark Castrate. I love it. I've said it. Um, I'll say it again, damn it. I had it at a, <laughs> I, I had it at a dinner a couple weekends ago, a socially distanced dinner. Um, I think it was Thanksgiving, so it wasn't weeks ago, it was months ago. But uh, sure enough, another family member was like, oh, what are you drinking? Oh, it's my Maker's Mark Cast drink. And they took a drink, and they were like, holy shit, this is good. <laughs> so that was another confirmation that it's, uh, I love, you know, Maker's Mark Cast drink. So that's going to be my daily, go grab it, give it a try. And, and the funny thing is you will, every time somebody posts it on one of the forums, it's always like, Here's that underrated bottle. Oh, here's the one that people don't give enough credit to. It's that kind of stuff, and that's I'm right there with them. I love it. Yeah. I, I don't think you can go wrong there either. I do love the fact that you talked about having a socially distanced dinner, and yet you still let someone drink out of your glass. Great job there, Kurt. I poured them a glass <laughs> oh, in okay. a disposable cup <laughs> that was saran-wrapped <laughs> with a metal straw for the environment. Good job. The saran wrap in a plastic cup. So for me, mine's going to be probably the hardest to find on this list. Um, I'm going to go with the Jack Daniels Barrel Proof. And this is the, the gold label. Um, I've only been able to find a 375 lately. Had not the full 750. I do owe Kurt a 375. I have not forgot based off of our... Uh, our I North, did. So thank you for reminding me. Ohio State Northwestern game prediction. Um, so that's on my list. And I, I really love that bottle, man. It was a lot like the, uh, the rye. Um, some of the great tastes of like oakiness and, and bitter chocolate and a little bit of sweet chocolate in it. it. It was a hell of an experience. And it was the bottle for me that kind of made me go, fuck. Fucking Kurt was right. Jack Daniel ain't all that bad. Old number seven, I'm not going to drink. But the mm. rest of the lineup is pretty solid from what I've had. The dark side. Uh, yeah. I told you I had old number two, right? Uh, was that after a morning of drinking coffee? <laughs> no, there's a old number two, and I had a glass of it. It's pretty good stuff. I mean, it's your typical Jack Daniels, um, but I had it at a bar the other day, and I'm like, what is, you know, what's that label on there? And he goes, oh, that's number two that I, <laughs> that accidentally got shipped to me, and uh the guy who gave it to me said it took him down a whole rabbit hole on the internet of all the Jack Daniels products, and I got to shoot the shit with him, which, you know, you'll start doing once you start learning more about whiskey. Uh, it's the Master Distiller Series. I've got a picture of it pulled up right here. I'm trying to zoom in to give you more specifics, like on proof and things like that, but it was actually decent. Uh, it looks like 
And I hate this because I'm trying to zoom in and I can't get a good zoomed in picture. That's what you hear Kurt try to zoom on his laptop. Yep. Limited edition. 43% by volume. So we're talking what, like a 90. God dang it. Just give me some regular fucking. Anyway. So yeah, I had Jack Daniels number two. Thanks for that, Kurt. Appreciate it. Um, the uh, the next bottle for me from Jack Daniels is going to be the Sinatra edition. So as soon as I can find that, I'm buying it. Um, all right. So that kind of rolls us into our fourth item here, uh, the Daily Drinker. Well, let's let's double back. Maker's Mark Cast Strength. What is that going to run you? So the Zazuac Rye is going to be the twenty-eight to thirty dollar range, going back to the rye. On the castrate maker's mark, you're looking at 40. Okay. So the high whisk double rise is going to run you that, or even the rendezvous rise is going to run you 40, 45. Um, Jack Daniel barrel proof, the 750 is going to run you the little, probably about 60 bucks. Um, but the 375 is, is right about 35 bucks. And I, I think for the strength and for the, uh, the pour, definitely worth it. Um, all right. So let's go in the daily drinker. What you got, Kurt? So daily drinker, like I said, would be the Maker's Mark cast strength. This one, I kind of did a Mr. Miyagi. I closed my eyes and I just let my fingers type what I thought I wanted to type. And I went with the Elijah Craig small batch. I think that that's a good, solid daily drinker. I think that's also for a newbie. That's an impressive bottle to have at the house, at the bar. And it's really good stuff. I mean, we've talked about our fan, um, our love for the Elijah Craig um, products. But yeah, uh, that one you can go in buy right now. And if you want to start off with a damn good whiskey, that'd be the one to do it with. I think I've actually grabbed a bottle of that based off your recommendation. All right, so for me, I'm going to go a little bit different direction. It's something that's new to the market and new to me. Um, I'm going to go with a Luxco product, which, reminder, was recently purchased by MGP. So if you haven't already bought stock, do so now. Um, It is Ezra Brooks' new Ezra Brooks 99. So this comes in at 99 proof and not a bottled and bond, but we're talking like same kind of hit points there. It's really good. I'll be honest, it's $28 for the $750. Um, just tasting notes right off the bat. I mean, it's got all the really typical nutty Ezra Brooks products you're going to get. Um, but like bubblegum and peanuts on the do- or the on the palate, man. So I really like it. It's something I'm probably going to keep as a daily drinker. Good stuff. Going to have to try it. All right. So now the next one, I believe the last one, something special, correct? Dun, dun, dun. Yes, sir. So this is the one that, you know, douchebags will say, oh, I've got I've got uh, Johnny Walker Blue. I'm going to fuck Johnny Walker Blue. <laughs> you know, that's the, that's the one that, you know, there's that guy, you know, <laughs> oh, I got the best, the best of the best. I know, I do a podcast <laughs> with him. Yeah, no, don't you fucking say that, but... I don't know who I turned into there, but the best of the best. The I can name Waka, one of our friends. The Johnny Walker Blue. You know. What did, what did, what did, what did one of your friends text you a picture of that he just happened to pick up? 
Recently? Yeah, you texted it to me. Are you talking about the one yesterday? Yeah. That was a bottle of Blanton's and Jack Daniel's barrel proof. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got a bottle of Blanton's. I'm the best. Oh, so God. Cool. You're such a hater. Uh, I couldn't be that guy to crush his dreams. He's he's a newbie, man. He's trying. He has no idea what he ha- has his hands on, though. But, there, you know, you, you know who I'm talking about. The person who's like, the, the, the bottle of the blue. <laughs> so, anyway, so this is your special. So you don't have to spend $300 on a special bottle that's not fantastic uh, like Johnny Walker Blue. These are going to still be pretty pricey, but... Before we go there, what do you think of Johnny Walker Blue? <laughs> I'm, fuck, I'm fucked Man. with you. I really don't care. <laughs> it is not $300 worth. I no. will tell you that. It's horseshit. And I've ran into the occasional work parties where the, the one guy who... And this is not Johnny Walker Blue's fault, but I've actually got into conversations where... No, it's the best. It's the best. It's three hundred dollars, man. Come on, I spent three hundred dollars. That's that's not the point. But anyway, that's it's my still rant. a blended that's my, scotch. That's my Dick Blanton's type rant. Uh, but what do you got for me, Dick? Are oh, you want me Lay to go first? Me. Okay, sure. So we're gonna kind of like call this category, you know, like hundred to hundred and fifty ish, right? You might be able to get a little bit cheaper. Um, my non-bourbon out of this group is something I keep in my bar. I love this whiskey. Lagavulin 16. Like, it is leather, peatiness, amazingness. Like, if you're talking about, like, peaty scotches, like Islay scotches, this is the cream of the crop. People argue with me, that's fine. But I think if you're looking for something that's not overly iodine-y, band-aid-y, this is going to be that nice neutral place where you can really be happy. So you let me shit on a scotch, mm-hmm. and then you pick a scotch. Mm-hmm. Good talk. Well, I let you sit on a blended scotch, and this is a not blended scotch. Got it. Uh, nerd. Um, so this one's tough because there's so many that you know I'm thinking about, but I'm sticking true to what I said. You can go and you can buy it. This is a special bottle that maybe you finish every four months, go buy another, maybe not even four months, maybe every six months, special occasions. You have a lot of special occasions. So, ah, God, and I'm looking at what I typed, and what I have is Kentucky Owl Rye, and... Unfortunately, Kentucky Owl Rye stays on the shelves for a lot of the wrong reasons. They tend to be overpriced. Would mm-hmm. you agree, Dick? Yes. So, I think you can go into the store and find a Kentucky Owl product. Because they're going to be there. But the one time I took a shot and I pulled the trigger and got Kentucky Owl Rye, I was not disappointed. It was Delicious. It's phenomenal. I would pull the trigger once. Go get a Kentucky Owl. Because then you're talking about that something special. So you're talking about the story. And of course, you know, those listening are like, uh, the hype, you know, the price. You get something special. You get to, I mean, I, I did it. People came over. I told them, hey, this is a pretty pricey bottle. Gave them the story behind it. Showed them the cool looking label. We had a good time. We enjoyed it. It lasted me a while. So, you know, I would I would go 
And I, it, the, it, a couple of Kentucky Owl products were even on those bottle of the year lists that we saw. So it is overpriced, but I'm not telling you to go. And I know I just said pick a bottle that you get every couple months. It is available to do that. I don't know if you would want to do that, but I I would have Kentucky Owl. I don't think it's a bad choice. I think Kentucky Owl is getting a lot more love lately when it comes to the whiskey reviewers, too. Now, let me do one final sway on my Log Volden 16. If you're like, you know, I've heard of that, or I don't know. Like, I don't know if I want to get the scotch. Nick Offerman loves it. They have a Nick Offerman edition. If you've ever watched Parks and Rec, that's what he drinks. If you want to be a man, drink Log Volden 16. And on to the gold line. Rating of the glass, buddy. Oh, yeah, I missed it. Uh, all right, Kurt. So what are you going to rate this thing overall? I'll give it an A. Uh, I will give it an A. Get you coming back from the depth. You realize it's more than an A minus, right? Yes, I do. Um, I don't know if you've been around a teacher lately, but that's how grades work. Thank you. I'm used to D's. So D's uh, nuts. nuts. <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> No, it was very good. It's not A plus, um, and the the A plus and the B could have got over. And I'm I'm fighting myself because I'm still in my head going back and forth between A minus and A. But I'm gonna give it an A because it has the Buffalo Trace taste. It has the flavors. It's pretty solid. It's got a sick bottle. And I I if I'm doing if I'm getting so picky as to where if I'm doing the it's it's a 94 like it's 94 it's close so i've got to give it that a so i I, i'll do that for you okay i'm not gonna argue with you man like this is an a all day for me like if if you said all right so do you get more taste out of this 90 proof than you do the henry mechanica recently reviewed which is a bottle that msrp is going to be twice the cost and 10 points higher in proof. This is a much better taste than Henry McKenna. And we're talking about Henry Tenniken bottled bond. They're both 10-year bourbons. Um, I would recommend this any day over that. And that $28 is what gets me to the MSRP. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 28 dollars 30 $32. Uh, pay upwards of $35. You could pay $40 for this and not be mad. So Nice. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, get across that goal line. Alrighty. So thank you again for listening. We went over our Super Bowl, post-Super Bowl edition, gave you all our thoughts on the game, everything from pre-game commercials to the game itself to the, you know, legendary status of Tom Brady. We talked about five whiskeys, five categories that you should be able to get in your bar, especially if you're wanting to broaden your whiskey horizon and get going, get things rolling. Uh, We're looking forward to what's going in the episodes ahead. We talked about some of the things that we'll be watching and then we'll be definitely regurgitating back on the podcast so let me hand it over to dick lay the socials on you that now include a like by the terry bradshaw i don't know if i mentioned that already uh you did but uh definitely worth a, a second one there kurt so drammers I, I did so kurt uh 
you know, really just to echo what you already said, like, thank you, Drammers. You are some beautiful, beautiful some bitches. We love that you listen to our podcast. Um, and if you're new to the show, don't go anywhere. If you're not able to listen to our podcast, you can always follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 4th Dram and Facebook at 4th Dram and Goal. Um, and then also hit us up at uh, 4thdramandgoal.com. If you just want to kick it old school and email us, we got 4thdramandgoal at gmail.com. We're always there. Tell your friends about us. Tell your coworkers about us. You know, you're going to be on those Zooms. You got nothing to talk about in that awkward two minutes before everyone calls in. Tell them about the fourth dram. Like, you want two guys talking shit, drinking whiskey, and talking sports, and you got a buddy at work like, this guy might be into it. Tell them about it. Um, follow us on your uh, favorite podcasting apps, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Audible, CastBox, Podcast Addicts, and Spotify. And without further ado, I'll go ahead and hand it over to Kurt for our quote of the episode. You knew it was going to be by him. You knew it was going to be from the goat. Biden? And I may have even said this. I may have even said this quote before. But I don't care. It would be from none other than the goat, Tom Brady himself. He says, I think sometimes in life, the biggest challenges end up being the best things that happen in your life. Words to live by. Words to continue going on. Grab a glass next time. Listen to us. Hang out. Thank you for joining us to the next snap and to the next dram. Drink on, drammers. <laughs> <laughs>